Welcome to Looking for the Ocean, where we watch everything Pixar has ever made. Oh, wait, I'm reading the old intro. Oh, well. Uh, That's still and true. what it means to us. I'm Randy Vincent, and as always, I'm joined by Mark Young. And the reason I was reading the old intro is because the old intro has a spiel where it's like, future, short films, tech demos, and more. I was going to say, this week is definitely a and more. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad we lost the tech demos and more, but it's better the way we do it now. Yes, but this is definitely the uh, and, and and more. You know what I mean? It's not a not a short film, not a feature, not a tech demo. Yeah. This is barely an and more. When you told me about this, I thought we were going to be doing like original animation, but this is kind of just screen grabs from Turtle Talk with Crush, and that's it. In a way, I'm pretty glad that though we did the parks episode before this. Because imagine if we had it and we'd just been like, what is, what is going on here? Why is this yeah. like this? Yeah, this is the episode where we're talking about an episode of Fetch with Ruff Ruffman, which features footage from Turtle Talk with Crush, and that's why Danny has it on the list of things that Pixar made. They also visit... Okay, yeah, yeah, because originally I didn't... Re I thought it was actual original animation for Crush, okay? And they also do visit the Nemo and Friends exhibit at Epcot... Which apparently has, like, some aspect to it that is actual, like, preservation of water. Which I was like, whoa, like, marine biology actually exists here. Yeah, well, it's an aquarium, too. It's not just a ride and everything. I remember saying when we were talking about the, the Nemo and Friends, I remember distinctly when I was on the ride more fish actually being in it. Whereas when we watched the YouTube video, it was like, oh, look, there's an empty tank and maybe there's one fish floating in it and there's a bunch of Nemo, like, projections. That that it had projections in it and it had fish and those were. I didn't thoughts. see as I didn't see as many fish as I remember growing up. The tank looked way more empty in the video than what I remember when I was. I remember oh, being yeah. much more like, oh, it's an aquarium that there's Nemo in it too. Anyway, fetch with rough fetch rough. With rough Did you watch this show growing up? Yeah, see, that's the nice thing is I wanted to talk about. Oh, this thank show. God, I did too. And usually, I have not watched whatever we're talking about. But like, finally, I have a little bit of context. For I this. felt some this. I felt some intense nostalgia from this in a way I was not expecting, because I was mm -hmm. like, I have not thought about this show other than like, going, oh yeah, it's on our calendar to, to be, do a future episode on. I've not thought about this show really ever. Like you know, you think about Arthur, you think about Dragon. I think because the thing is with Fetch with Ruff, with, Ruff, with <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it is a show. Let me see. Yeah, it premiered in 06, so it kind of premiered at like that tail end of PBS for me because I was 11. Yeah. It was at the point where you're like, I don't even really want to be watching PBS anymore. Yeah. Even though I will because it's what we have. And also with Fetch, it was it's based on you know Survivor, and it's kind of like a thin premise anyway. So it's not like you're you're not going to remember it as much as you will Arthur. And then also, it's strange watching an episode. This episode we're talking about is from season. Five. Yeah, it's from the final season. And I remember really disliking Fetch the more that it went on when they started doing more behind-the-scenes skitty-type things later on. Well, may I don't know. Maybe you like... Well, I don't know. I, I think uh, I would have to look up exactly when I got cable, but I do know that I never watched this particular... Because that episode came out when I was 15, dude. No way was I watching Fetch of Ruff Ruffman at age 15. In fact, I know for a fact we at least had cable... In middle school, because I remember in eighth grade getting in my argument with dad, my dad over Wizards of, of Wizard. I'm really stuttering tonight. I don't know why. Uh, uh, a big argument about Wizards of Waverly Place with my dad when I was in middle school. What was school. the argument? Can I know? Uh, it, it, it's like I feel like it's one of those things that if I ever like went to therapy, 
it'd be something where like we'd eventually unlock this as like oh danny this is probably like a deep core issue of like your being <laughs> um but it's just because i distinctly remember me like coming home from health class and like having to ask my parents as homework like when is it okay to have a relationship and I asked my dad, and my dad just blew up a Wizard of Waverly Place going like, it's because you guys watch these Disney Channel shows where it's all these kids getting in relationships that you guys are asking about this. You're too young. And I was just like, I was just asking some health class. <laughs> wizards. The Wizards of Waverly Place. I don't yeah. know. Well, I, 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 I do legitimately think that if I ever did go to therapy, that would be something that comes up and something like a big thing to unlock about like relationship history in me. So that's why I'm like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> But yeah. Even when I got cable, which must have been in high school, I don't think I watched like Disney shows as much as I was watching like the Western marathons on AMC and other things like that. Oh no, I was very I much just... a Disney Channel. Um, and also, fact is, I know I must have had it longer than that because we we initially got our cable package. We had Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, and eventually the package changed, so we didn't have Nickelodeon. We instead had a they switched to Disney. We didn't ha- ever have Disney and Nick at the same time. But we did always have Cartoon Network. In fact, mm. let me look up. I know when I had Nick because uh, I can Google the Good. series finale of Kappa Mikey because I definitely watched. Okay, so that was in September t- 2008 that I watched the series finale of Kappa Mikey Live, which was a mm. good show that I very always am afraid of going back to. <laughs> and I, I have not You're gone a, back to. Yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of that before. So I was kind you of. You don't know like, what Kappa oh, Mikey is? No. Oh my gosh. I have to explain what Kappa Mikey is. I don't Mikey know, is. like. I think Most you would really like Kappa Mikey. From Disney Channel. Oh, so, well, I think you'd like the I premise. Like, of I like like two things. Okay, well, the premise of Kappa Mikey is is that Kappa Mikey, no, sorry, Mikey is an American actor who cannot get a good job in America. So, but then, like, he's just like he's a cartoon actor, right? And so he finds there's an opening in Japan for a new lead character on Lily Moo, which is an anime. So it's basically he goes over to go act in the anime industry when he is animated like a cheap American cartoon and the rest of the show is an anime parody. But it's like the characters oh, are but it's like, like they're actors. Yes, it's like they're, like it's about the behind the scenes drama. It's like you should just look up a picture of the, the cast because it's hmm. like it is just like a Nick sitcom, but it's set like behind the scenes of an anime. But the main character is animated like in that cheap American style and the rest of them are like super like anime style. I remember oh. enjoying it, but I'm, I am I wasn't into anime growing up, so I don't know who would hold up to me. The one thing I remember is that they do like a Baby Herman thing where there's a character named Guano who's just like a Pikachu character, but behind the scenes he's like the director of every episode of, of the anime too, and he's like, please just give me some respect here, God! And it's, but he, it's like, you know, very much a Baby Herman from um, Roger Rabbit type of thing. This art is so funny for this. This looks like, this looks like fan art. But yeah, that that is what the show is. Is mm-hmm. it's a show that I'm always worried to go back to because now that I know what anime is. But I also think maybe we, like it's secretly good. I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it someday if it's on mm-hmm. like a streaming service. I'll check it out. Well, anyway, Fetch with Rough Ruffman. If you don't know what Fetch with Rough Ruffman is, it is a PBS Kids show that was inspired by game shows like Survivor and all these other, like, quest shows. What are you thinking about? Did you ever watch growing up? I'm going to bring up a lot of things Did you watch growing up. Did you ever watch Endurance on Discovery Kids? I have heard of that, but I haven't seen it. it it's just Survivor for Kids. It literally is, like, you know, they're not going to, like, purposely, like, put them out to dry ever, like Survivor does. But it is, um, 
I don't think they vote against each other. I think it is just you lose the challenge and you get out in endurance. There's not like you vote someone off the island in endurance. Well, however it came about, it's about it's like that, but the kids are led by this cartoon dog, Ruff Ruffman, who is the host, and he Voiced sends by Jim them Conroy. on quests. Voiced by Jim Conroy. And he sends them on quests, and it lasted for five seasons, and that's about it. And we're talking about an episode from season five episode four so i guess we should talk a little bit about where this thing happens so before you can i please say something that we will talk about the show but it's about jim conroy it is very related trust me it is okay it's not even a tangent is i just now realized literally when you said that and i clicked the wiki page that jim conroy and tim conroy conway are not the same person (laughs) Yeah, you really said, like, Jim Conroy with some kind of reverence or something like I that. Because I thought, because I remember growing up thinking it was the same voice actor. I remember thinking it was the same voice actor who played Barnacle Boy on SpongeBob. No. And then I look at this, I immediately, it still it doesn't click to me until I see he's still alive. And he's yeah, only 52 no. years old. And I'm like, it's one of the 52 years old things. I'm like, Tim Conroy, Con, Con, is it Tim Conway? I think he is dead, but if he was still alive, I wouldn't be... Yeah, he died in 2019. But if he was alive, I wouldn't be surprised. It was 52, I was like, no way. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> now now I'm back where we should be, because I was about to, like, you know, I'm back where we should well, be. Well, yeah, no, no, he's just Jim Conroy, and he's... Yeah. I think he's he, most He's not like Jim Conroy, he's, he's just a guy. <laughs> well, he's, he's him. I mean, he's, like, it's interesting that he... Jim Conroy does have a writer credit on this show and i think it's because of the improv that he did when they did production of it See, that's why i i was reading the wiki article about like the, the production of this show because i was very curious i actually was trying to find if there was like an actual like oral history article or something like that because i feel like this is did the you watch of... the defunct land no is there one? Oh, i should have yep there's a defunct I... okay so oh, everybody can watch the defunct land on fetch with rough ruffman and it'll tell you about how this thing was made but what we're talking about today is that in the course of the show there's like the main plot that is the kids going on these quests for points and then there's like behind the scenes with Ruff and his shenanigans so I I mean maybe that's not really relevant because Crush is not actually part of the B plot he's just kind of there briefly I like how the kids get very excited that Crush came in though to give him a challenge the kids are like Crush is here I like that <laughs> it is it is funny. So that's I mean that's basically what it is is that Ruff, I always want to call him Fetch. Ruff Ruffman calls up Crush and then Crush gives them the challenge. But it looks like they just took footage from Turtle Talk with Crush and apparently according to IMDb this is actually Andrew Stanton doing the voice but like he's not credited in the end credits and I don't know like why to believe that i mean maybe it's true maybe it's not i don't know not super important but it he just kind of comes in comes out never shows up again and i it doesn't sound like andrew stance to me it definitely has like a bit of an off voice to me you know i don't know if this is just me he sounds way more australian than he ever does in the movie to me it might also have been because we watched these on youtube and i think they have to edit the audio to not get that's true like copyright striked i yeah. think uh, definitely some of these uploads have edited audio so yeah, they can escape true. the censors. Maybe that's it, but I don't know. He's only credited on IMDb, so that's why I'm a little bit skeptical about why he would come in and do this. I really should have watched the defunct line on this. I can't believe I didn't know there was a defunct line. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's my that's my thing before we do like any non Pixar movie is I check if there's a defunct land on it before we do the episode, so I'm not totally in the dark. 
the reason I'm really mad at myself about it is because for the Pixar, like, in the parks episode, I explicitly searched through his entire page to see, like, is there any of these rides he's done anything on? And there aren't, there were none. And then, yet, I, I completely, like, must have glanced over the Fetch of Rock Rockman episode. And if you want a TLDR on the Defunctland episode, he basically explains how when they were shooting it, they shot all of the quests first and got the footage for that. And then they would come into the studio with the kids later on and kind of act out them receiving these quests from Ruff and then responding to the quests as they happened and then receiving points at the end. That makes so much more sense though on how like the halftime quiz show worked. Because to me that was my whole confusion here. It's like how do you even do this with these kids like quizzing them on what they just saw if you know like yeah. they, I, I assume they maybe have shot the halftime stuff later. But I was mm -hmm. like oh okay that makes sense then. Because those kids just know to, like, intensely watch that for, like, stuff that they might be quizzed on. I think that the budget, like, limitations really showed in this episode. But I was really impressed revisiting this. How, like, yeah, you can make this look like kids are watching this live. And they come in here and get their... I was just very charmed by the production of all of it. I thought, yeah, you, text, you texted me, this is a little rough. I... I mean, it's not like I would want to do a recap podcast in every episode of Fetch with Rough, with rough, rough Man. But as a returning to something that existed when you were a kid and, like, seeing if it held up, I felt like this held up pretty good, you know? For, like, an early reality TV program for children that's meant to be edutainment, I was entertained. I had fun. I guess I technically learned, even though the turtle stuff is by far the worst thing here. Because <laughs> I think the other challenge is great. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's a, when I was saying it was a little rough, I think I was talking about the crush footage. But I, actually, I mean, the low budget, let's just put these guys in a sound booth challenge was really funny. <laughs> so, so, so there's two challenges. One of them is the crush challenge, which is about like learning about turtles. But the other one is just they pick one kid to prank, basically, and put on a quiz show where he gets fed the most difficult questions ever. And someone, the other person gets a question. That's what really stood out to me. It was like, what kind of shape is a circle? Round. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they filmed it all in this audio studio, so they didn't have to do anything. They got the kid who's one of the contestants, and then they got another kid, and then they got this guy to be like the host of this prank fake audio show but it's just some guy and he's wearing sunglasses <laughs> like he just looks like a normal guy in sunglasses i love the girl they got to be his like rival on that show it, it's so funny that they got someone to come in and it's like you're not a contestant on fetch with rough ruffman your only job is to like harass one of the contestants and just be mean to them i i love the uh there's just so many details of this that's so funny, like, as a prank show for kids. Because it's like, one, one, I just can't believe PBS was like, yeah, sure, do this. When there's lines like, yeah, I like to hang out with them and volunteer at the shelter with animals. And, like, it's clearly designed so that way you don't like this girl for being a phony. And I just love that that's part of it in the PBS show. <laughs> there's a point, but before they go to the recording studio, they're in, like, a holding room. They're, like, in the green room. But it's not shot with, like, the like the handheld camera setup it's shot like a hidden camera thing <laughs> <laughs> so they're in these two kids are in this dark room on on these on these chairs or whatever is just like talking to each other and we see them from this hidden camera and then this sketchy guy with sunglasses comes in sometimes to like check on them 
it's <laughs> this it must have cost nothing the other great thing is um i'm trying to see if uh i don't know which kid this is but um because I, I just opened up the cast list but it's, uh, i don't know which kid this was but it's like he introduces the like the the host introduces the rival like this is a uh, rebecca she's uh 12 this is uh this other kid mark he's uh he's about eight he's like i'm 13 <laughs> <laughs> like just such it's a real reaction <laughs> that seems like such an early 2000s like jerk hollywood joke like the barbie movie having harvey weinstein in it and just a billion other things like that all these movies shot in la where they have some hollywood elite character like i don't know that would un- that would frustrate me so much if i saw it now and it, and it does because i don't know I mean, I've told you, we've said this before at work, at my job, I always will say that I will get the kid's birthday wrong if I don't know their birthday, because if I get it purposely wrong, then they're going to correct me, you know? But, like, you don't go for, like, what are you, eight to, like, a ten-year-old? You go, like, okay, what, how old are you, three? How old are you? You I I just thought that was an intentional, like, slight to him. That was part of the prank, is that they were, like... Ah, oh, what's your name? Uh, Roberto? Oh, I'm sorry, Liam. Never mind. All right, on to the game show. And they were, like, treating him badly or something. Well, what I think is really funny is, a uh, spoiler alert for this thing you're never going to watch on YouTube, but at the end of the show, they tally up the points, and they're like, someone gets bonus points. Who is it this week? Oh, it's going to be the kid we harassed for the entire episode to make it up for it. Yeah, he won. <laughs> he won the episode. He did nothing. The, other, the two other kids... <laughs> went to like two different locations and they actually like held living sea turtles in their hands and they like grabbed them out of they, the like, nest. They like built a nest. Yeah, they like built a like safe area the for sea. it. <laughs> it just gets pranked like, yeah, we're going to give you bonus points so you win <laughs> because we feel bad about this. <laughs> yeah, this isn't I I don't know. Maybe that's why I didn't like episode, season 5 so much when I was a kid is because of things like that. Now I find it funny these episodes are just suffering because really this was fun but you can really see how cobbled together all of the conversations are and of course the that one segment costs no money at all just a really frustrating episode even though it's funny to look at it and see like how ridiculous it is sorry i'm looking at a so i opened up just out of curiosity the elimination table (laughs) For um, Fetch Ruffman finale. Because it says, you know, like the total point value at the end. But for some reason, it says that uh, Shreya, she's not even the winner. The winner, point value-wise, it looks like with 1307 is Ruby. But Marco, for some reason, is highlighted as the overall champion. So how does that work? Maybe there was a surprise at the ending of season five. I don't know. It seems like they kept kept jumping the shark. Yeah, it looks As like the end of this on. show ends with, like, spy cats taking over them, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Yeah, well, that was part of what was annoying, is because the behind-the-scenes stuff kept getting more and more of the show, and it that stuff was always so dead to me, because none of that none of that stuff involved the kids, and you could just, I don't know, it, it felt very unalive compared to all of the stuff... With the kids, which is exactly the same thing as I just said. Season 5 has to have a crazy budget. Because I'm looking at this, the episode before this, Marco and Shreya get sent to Animal Kingdom. So I guess they were just in Disney for like a week, you know, doing these episodes. 
Yeah, yeah, okay, so they go to Animal Kingdom in the previous episode, and then they send Ruby to Las Vegas to meet Penn and Teller in the previous episode. And then after this, they go to a haunted mansion in Pennsylvania. I assumed I saw a haunted mansion, it was, um, you know, the Disney haunted mansion. No, it's the one in Pennsylvania, so it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> I remember a lot of, I mean, I don't know, a lot of neat episodes. I just think it's interesting also just look at these things. I mean, I'm sure someone else could write the book on it, but like historically speaking, you know, the rea- the rise of reality television and like how did the children's program respond to that with like Fetch of Ruffman, Endurance, Total Drama oh, Island? I know, I know what I was thinking of. So what annoyed me about Fetch is that the behind the scenes stuff kept getting more screen time. And I think it's because you couldn't like introduce zany characters as contestants because they were all kids who were like between 10 and 14 Uh, a reality show really doesn't have to change that much as long as you keep getting wacky contestants but you can't do that with kids i did just mention you know children's reality shows there's ruffman there's endurance and then going off kind of what you're saying with um how you can't introduce zany characters i think about total drama island did you ever watch Total Drama Island growing up? Or Total Drama Action or Total Drama whatever it was? Yeah, I think for me it was Total Drama Action. And I yeah, Total Drama Action is actually where I got Island. into it too. Because I watched some repeats of Island later. But to me it was like, why would I want to watch that like dumb fake reality show? It was the second it was like, movies! And I was like, movies? I love movies! <laughs> that That's me! I love that! Well, I think it was just about when I got cable. Because I think maybe I missed Total Drama Island. I mean, that, that might have been it, too, for me. I don't know. Well, I think I didn't get Cartoon Network until action was in repeats, because I remember watching World Tour live as it aired. So, my, my point is, is, you know, growing up, you have the internet, and there are a couple websites that exist for me. You know, like I, I mentioned earlier, but I think, what, I don't remember what episode I mentioned this in, but I've mentioned on this podcast that one of the first things I was on was, like, TV.com, where I'd, like, lurk and read, like, the SpongeBob episode descriptions that are ideas. I'm like, ooh, this would be a good episode. And then I was on ToonZone.net, where it was a good time talking about cartoons. But then someone on ToonZone.net introduced me to a fan site he was on called Dramatic Static, which was a total drama fan site, where I have some of the most juicy internet lore ever to drop here. That I mostly witnessed. I wasn't really a part of it. I was just there when it all happened. <laughs> so, what happened? The owner of the website was a user named Waffle. I have on a 40 from a couple of the people I've kept in contact since then that Waffle's currently spending time in jail for something. But anyway, Waffle was like, you know, on the internet, just because you start a website doesn't mean you stay around it. Like, you know, you go on other things, you, they'll occasionally come back to it. I feel like that's just a fact of things is like you know even if you like say i quit this website you're probably going to visit it like within a year or so just to see if it's still alive you know so i start my time there i'm having a lot of fun waffle isn't there when i start there um there's like a role play that i got banned from because i did a lot of bad middle school jokes in the first year you know one year i um the first i got in that was fourth place actually side tangent before i get back to the main tangent is my proudest moment was so they had two games on this website which was the role play where you know you'd pick a character from total drama to be and you do these internet challenges with it and then you would had just the tourney where it was you were just yourself and like you still competed in the challenges and you coordinated with others and the tourney was a little more serious than the role play because the role play was like no you have to stay in character right 
So my my my, my uh, moment of triumph in the tourney was once I took the entire I did the entire challenge by myself, where I designed a video game that I stick by would be a really cool game that was like inspired by Banjo Kazooie called Mark of the Zodiac, where it was like each level you'd get to play as a new Zodiac animal you could turn into, and then if you'd go back to the previous levels, you know you could collect more things. Anyway, I did all that in like a night. I remember, and everyone was like really hyped up about it. I also once wrote a musical. Anyway, this was how I had creative outlets back in middle school and the end of elementary school was being on the internet on this website. I guess more middle school because of total drama, so maybe early high school as well. But anyway, so Waffle someday comes back and he's terrible. He is the type of person who is very petulant, like bans people for whatever reasons, takes away admin privileges because he's the head admin just because someone argued with him. You know, it's something where everyone just kind of is like, well, we guess got to deal with him because we're all here and we can't really make a new site because all of our history is here and no one's going to follow us along and pay for a new site. So whatever, because it's really just like 15 of us, right? It's not like a big website. So my, the guy who invited me there, which was the name, his username was The Cartoon. Like he was the one who was on Toon Zone who invited me over there. Um, one day, because we'd have these chats that were separate, like, you know, do you remember Tiny Chat? No, I never, I mean, I never really had forums like you had them. Well, 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 Tiny Chat wasn't on the forum. Tiny Chat was like a precursor to like um, Discord or Zoom or like stuff like that. But we'd occasionally have like Tiny Chat nights where we'd all just go there. Some some people would get on camera. I never did. It's that that idea scared me too much as a child. But you know, you just chat there instead and maybe like watch a movie. You know, stuff like that. One day we were in the Tiny Chat and Waffle wanted to get in. Like everyone's like, no, we're not giving him the link. We don't want him there. He scares us. And in response. He somehow, he used the uh, information that you used to sign up for the cartoon guy and found, tracked down his nanny and called up his old childhood nanny and started sending threatening emails to her. No, not threatening, you know, like harassed her on the phone. I said emails. What does that have to do with your chat? Because he was upset he wasn't invited. So he's like, well, he's your new leader now. So I'm going to tell him that he, tell his parents that he's on a website that he's not supposed to be on, even though this guy was like 16 at the time. Like the guy I was oh, talking to. The nanny of a guy who was in the tiny chat. I thought it was yes. like Waffle's nanny. Okay. No, Waffle call- harassed the nanny of the guy in the tiny chat. Okay. Um, and what I remembered happened was that was really funny. Is I just remember the resolution to it all, which was that the admins were all the other admins were all working together to find a way to oust this Waffle entirely. And what they ended up doing was they played a long game where one of the admins named Jess would always openly defend Waffle. Everyone would be like, what the heck? And the admins would be like, well, she's an admin, so she can do whatever she wants. And Jess would always be like, we just need to give her a chance, whatever, whatever. And then eventually, like three months into that, Waffle emails Jess, he's like, I, the PM's Jess, like, I know you're on my side here. Can you please help me, like, get back on everyone's side? And Jess is like, what if we traded accounts and you could pretend to be me and everyone would like you because of that? And Waffle's like, yeah, sure, okay, like, that that sounds like a good plan, sure. So they straight accounts, and immediately just completely bans her old account, and, like, an wow. IP bans it, too, with a new IP. <laughs> and that, that's how I remember we resolved all of that. It was like, that, that's what got rid of him. Was... How old were the people involved in this? I think the oldest, the guy who, like, because I feel like every chat has, like, someone who, like, you refer to as, like, an old, like, right now, my friend in my chat who I refer to as old is like 45, right? That to me is like, it's like, because the rest of us are like my age. Like, actually, I'm, it's getting to the point where I'm becoming, I don't know if I'm one of the older people, but like, you know, 30 is like the median age. 
I think the oldest guy there was like someone who was like 30 or even 28, you know, like I, like someone who was out of college already was old to most of us there. Man, um, I feel like if you're, tw- I'm like, I'm not 28. I feel like if you're 28, you got to be able to shut that kind of thing down in your chat. Well, no, that, that, that no, no, sorry. None of that had, all the head admins were like at the oldest 21. All the admins were at my oldest 21. That was just some guy who well, was on the site because he liked total drama. Well, you know? yeah. I mean, I guess he doesn't have any power. It's just like, even if I'm on Twitter or something, sometimes I'm like following people for like political content and then they'll get in beef with someone and, and then it's like, you know what? I just, I need to like take a step back from this because I'm not that much older, but I am just in a place where I can be like, I don't know, man. I'm I'm very different from the person that I was when I was 21. I hate that the algorithm always gives me, like, these young people. Specifically, you know, I've talked about it before on this podcast, like, the how the whole animation is cinema thing bothers me. But recently I got recommended this thing where it was, like, someone freaking out over a clip from the new Spider-Verse because they're letting Miles swear, and I click the clip, and he just goes, there are so many damn people around me, and it's like, okay, guys, great. I don't know why we're flipping out. This is great. I'm, I'm glad you're excited that they let him say damn. Yeah, and that's all fine. It's just, like, so if I was in a chat, and it was something like that, I, I would just be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to step back from this. Or in the case of someone like doxing someone else, maybe I'd be like, yo, man, I'm in charge now. Don't dox people. I don't really know how that is handled in the real world because I've never had it done. I don't know. That's weird. I have good memories of that place. Except for the weirdness. Yeah, because also that guy who was, I was really about as close as you can be for like an internet person, he kind of left after that. He was like, I'm... If you got rid of him, I'm not sticking around. This place is, like, traumatic. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, that's fair. I still have him on Facebook. He's married now, so I'm glad he, like, got it all figured out. But, <laughs> well, he, like, he, he like, went to, like, the Disney program. He was a big, you know, everyone on the, his name was the cartoon, you know? Everyone on the internet in the circles I was in as a kid loved stuff. Like, anyway, he went to, like, the Disney internship program or whatever it's called. And he met someone there, and they got married. And now they, like, live in Colorado climbing mountains. So it's, like, cool. I'm glad. He really does have it figured out. Like that's that's a fun life. You you you're. I think he's like. I think one of them's a park ranger in Colorado now. It's like great, cool. I should I should contact him out the blue and be like, come on my show. And he'll be like, he'll, he'll immediately block me. He'll be like, I I can't talk to anyone from that time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. People into nature might be the ones we need to get on for Rio. Yeah, last which... minute call. Do you have any thoughts on Rio? <laughs> <laughs> Can we get a quote for Rio? <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts? Well, you know, the reality TV. I mean, Total Drama was also just good in general. We don't need to, like, talking about it in relationship to... Actually, I was thinking about this. This was just something I was going to say. Is like, at my job, my boss is planning, like, a survivor theme day for summer camp. And she talks to all of us like we all watch Survivor. And I'm just like, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how this works. It's like endurance. She's like, what's endurance? I'm like, it's like Survivor for kids. She's like, well, of course I'm trying to do Survivor for kids. I'm like, Yeah, I I was never, I was much more of a game show person. I really was never like a long, I cannot think of a long reality show that I watched. I watched, actually I had the thoughts in the last episode. I I was going to be like, I just visited Pittsburgh, but you you heard about the last episode. But Michaela took me to the first night. Um, There's like this, I don't know what the word for it is. It's like a mall, but there's a part of the mall where it's like, there are four different restaurants that are trying out to become restaurants. And like, and I'm just like, is this like Food Network? Because this is literally like what they do on Food Network. And I remember growing up, the big reality shows I watched were like, like by growing up, I mean like in high school, 
I would watch like America's Got Talent, Next Food Network Star. That's that's where I was actually building with that, which is Next Food Network Star, which is a show that I, whenever I look back on and like read about it, I'm like, dang, this show feels like it's really bad and terrible and evil. I've heard, and I think that I remember, like the thing that people were really excited about was that game show where people made prosthetics and monster makeup. Oh and no, we had someone. That... Uh, Tessa was on here talking about that show, wasn't she? Face off. Oh, maybe she did. Yeah, I think she mentioned that in our up episode. I never. Oh, I remember people maybe being into she that. said face off, and I just thought she was talking about the Nick Cage movie. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get the confusion. responding to that. I didn't watch that growing up. I'm trying to think whatever. I mean, I watched Wife Swap and Super Nanny in the afternoon sometimes. That's like some quality junk TV. I do remember that Fetch was on at like the 4.30 or 5 slot. Wasn't it right before Arthur? Yeah, so maybe I'm wrong about all of that. But I know that I just remember that because of it was such a weird time in our lives when your day could be over at 3 p.m. Yeah. And then school ends and then you, well, for me, I take the bus home and then it's like, you hope that the bus drops you off at the time when you can like get back to watch Fetch. It's so funny thinking about that now is it's sort of like when you hear that kids eat, you know, milk and pizza for lunch. My like end of the day TV watching was like Arthur, Fetch, and then you turn on Brian Williams on NBC and you catch the last bits of the news before deal or no deal oh yeah deal like or no that. Deal. and then you watch like 30 minutes of game shows and it was like everybody loves raymond and simpsons it's just funny thinking about that now that that was your kind of cafeteria lunch tv viewing habits when now i'll be like all right today i'm going to come home and watch an hour of succession but like nothing else well, what's also crazy to me is, like, you think about, and again, my, the kids I see at work obviously were never in this thing because they go to after-school stuff. Like, if I, literally, they cannot, because I see them, they cannot be, like, in this reality anyway. But also, it's like, nowadays, I don't want to be like, streaming is the only thing people watch because obviously Disney Channel exists, Nickelodeon exists. But, like, I don't think people really go home and watch PBS anymore. I never hear kids talk about PBS. And I talk to, like, the youngest kids sometimes, too. And it's like, I'll talk maybe about Arthur and they'll have no idea what I'm talking about, you know? And it's one of those things where it's just interesting because, you know, we talk about these, like, things like they're universal experiences for, like, every generation. But it is very much, like, no, probably just, like, from, like, 1995 to, like, 2015 and that 20-year span is, like, when people came home and watched cartoons really a lot after school. Because, you know, you always hear about stuff in the 80s where it's, like, always Saturday morning cartoons. And I think part of it for us is that we're talking to a lot of people who are like us, who are, like, coming from religious homes and maybe we're like more isolated because of no internet or whatever. I mean, for me, it was like bad internet, but for other people, it's just like general being out in the country and not, not around people. So those people are more likely to watch local stations than people who are like well-to-do suburban kids with access to cable and all that. I was very excited to go to my friend's house just because I had access to the old Transformers cartoons mm -hmm. and Family Guy. Like more than, you know, it was fine going over those sometimes, but you can be up till 3 a.m. and then you get some things you've never seen before, which is great. You just remind me of a story I shared with a friend earlier today that I want to share and then I will explain why it popped in my head after I share it. Earlier today, someone was asking, they sent a question to our chat because one of my friends is in New York in our chat and they went to this restaurant, I wish I had the name of the restaurant, where they serve pizza that has fries on it. 
And the mm. joke we kept making was the restaurant apparently had a Michelin star until 2020. So I'm like, I guess we're like, I guess it was when they had the pizza with the fries, they lost it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, why would you do that? Um, like, but, all right, y'all. But um, someone sent a poll to the chat, like, what is worse, putting fries on pizza or cutting a round pizza in the squares? I'm like, I feel like cutting a round pizza in the squares is like something to expect when you're like at a party. Like, you know, like, especially yeah. a party of kids, it's like, you don't, you're not going to buy them slices. You're going to make them grab squares. This was someone from Canada who sent this. So maybe it's just like something Canadians are very anti. I don't know. I don't want to cast aspersions on all of Canada. I bring that whole story up because that reminds me, I have a growth, because this guy kept getting it. Like, when I was like, I don't think, because I, I was like, I don't see anything wrong with the pizza cut like that. Like, that's something that's fairly normal at parties here. And like, that's disgusting. Like, no, you want to know what's disgusting? Here's a story about when I was a kid. And here's a story I'm about to give you. So I went to my friend Bradley's house for a sleepover when I was in um, third grade. And the next day I wake up. Oh, no, no, sorry. No, that evening, because it's it's about pizza and dinner. So that evening they're ordering out Pizza Hut. And they ask me, Danny, do you prefer your pizza cut or whole? And I think that's a weird way to word it. They must be talking about like a personal pan pizza, you know, like an eight inch. And they must be asking if I want like a full one or if I want it like, you know, cut into fourths. So I say cut. And so I got there. Like, an hour later, once the pizza's arrived, there's a plate out, and my entire pizza has been cut up into little bits with a fork next to it. And everyone at the table has it like that, too. And I'm just like, what? And I can't really, like, I can't really even, like, argue against it because these people cut a pizza for me. Like you know, they like they put this so into, much like, little little bite little, sized pieces. Yes, to use a fork with and eat, and I was just like so confused, and I'm still confused. It haunts me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just the idea that people did this, and like <laughs> and the fact that I was asked about it too is like, do these people think this is like something normal to do? <laughs> and also wow. like that everyone else had it, so I guess this entire family just ate like that their pizza. Oh, I thought that they were asking you, and then you kind of made the choice for the family. No, I think they were and... asking me specifically, like, what would I do with my pizza? So they, cause they would cut it from me, or they'd give it to everyone else the way they wanted it. But I think now wow. I'm thinking about it, maybe, like, the dad had it, like, cut, like, you know, just a slice. But definitely, like, my friend had it cut up, too. And he was like, what's wrong? But I was like, because I, I definitely looked at it and gave it a very, like... I, I, I'm never someone who's able to hide my feelings when I'm really confused. <laughs> so he's like, what's wrong? You asked for a cut. I was like, I guess I did. <laughs> oh my God. That's, but, uh, that, that, that's like going over to someone's house for dinner and it's like normal. And then the mom like does the mama bird thing at the dinner table. And they're like, what Danny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, you 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 were in one of those movies. The reason I brought it up though is because you mentioned like how you go over your friends. I remember like going over Bradley's house for like the the time the Danny Phantom like TV movie where he met his alternate evil future self. I remember they specifically scheduling a sleepover for that that episode because I would see you know like the ads for these things when I went to my like on the hotels and like family and stuff and I saw so and I would go to the library and read Nickelodeon magazine so I would know when like you know the big stuff is coming out. I remember. This is my big, uh, my big, like, ooh, parents, I don't know, like, I mean, I appreciate this definitely, but, like, it's one of those things, like, this might, I might have been spoiled as a kid. So, I remember we got a hotel for the Spongebob Ghost Prehistoric episode, like, literally just because I wanted to be at a hotel and watch that episode of Spongebob. And the same thing for, like, the best day ever when, like, you know, they did the 24-hour Spongebob marathon. 
my parents got me like a hotel to watch it in. Not not the entire marathon, like the last. So it was like they were counting down the hundred best episodes of SpongeBob. So it's like we got a hotel for you for the top ten, Danny. It's like okay, cool, awesome. So all those things are like I guess I was kind of spoiled growing up. Well, it's funny that you mentioned I because I feel like based I don't know if it was a really nice hotel, but even like a nice room and if they let you have kids around, like that's actually a pretty cheap experience to get yeah i also think it might have been something where my dad has always been someone who's like we're trying to build up these points that will reset at a certain point danny wants a hotel to watch spongebob we'll do it 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 gives us the the points we need (laughs) before the reset i feel like it might have been that too did i ever tell you my story about how i saw the first spongebob movie isn't that the one that you all is that the one that y'all like went to go see or is that when you went to see finding nemo for your birthday maybe i'm well, we went to see Finding Nemo for my birthday. No, no, we, Finding Nemo was my birthday. Finding Nemo came out like a month before my birthday. The thing I always talk about the SpongeBob thing is um, my parents did not want to see it because they thought SpongeBob was stupid. So what I did was is I had my dad sign this sheet of paper for me. And he was like, why? I was like, just do it. And he's like, okay, Danny, whatever. He signed it. And I went back to my room and I wrote up a contract around his signature saying that he would take me see this movie over winter break. Or paid like five hundred dollars, and I gave it back to my dad. I was like, "Look what you signed," and he was like, <sighs> "And then he honored it. He took me to it anyway." <laughs> well, that's a pretty good prank. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it was one of those things because I was like nine at the time. I think it might have been one of those things where he was impressed that I like had the idea to make a contract. <laughs> So he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess if you went to this trouble, I'll go. T-. And it was also like, he took me to like the cheap theater. Like it was like when it was in the second run, it was like three bucks. But he still honored it. So it was like, cool. Like I'll do it. Like good. For less, less the price of a hamburger. You could watch a whole movie. Yeah. I miss the dollar theater. I remember when I was in college, we once went, me and, you know how we would drive to St. Louis to see like the fancier movies? Yeah. Me and Caleb once, when we were going to... Because we wanted to see um that Richard Linklater movie that everyone forgot about, Last Flag Flying. And it was literally out for a week in St. Louis. But instead of just getting rid of like a limited release movie like most movies do when they bomb, they sent it to their cheap theater. So I was like, hey, let's go see Last Flag Flying for $3 at this cheap theater. Where like at the time I think it was showing like summer movies. St- this was like in October. I was like they were showing summer movies and then the Richard Linklater movie that had opened a week prior that totally bombed. <laughs> so it was like, all right, sure, we'll go do it. But I miss those theaters. I wish I wish there was one here. I would go all the time. To, like if there was like a three dollar theater still showing everything overall at once. I'd be like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> like, is your interest in New York primarily based on how many movie theaters we have? No, I mean I, I visit New York constantly because of um the theater theater you have you know oh, yeah, <laughs> like the, broadway like theater theater yeah well no i just i don't know you're just you you mentioned sort of maybe like tongue-in-cheek like oh man new york sounds great and i just wondered because i'm always like no so actually many art I, theaters replaying things and like that i actually firmly believe that if i moved to new york i would see less movies because i think it'd be more of a hassle for me to get to the movie theater like unlike here where it's like oh it's a 20 minute drive sure why not yeah, I mean, if my money was like devoted devoted to that, I think it would be easier to see theater stuff because what you you do is you like work during the day and then at the end of the day you just are out in the middle of nowhere, but you're like by a theater, so you pop in to see something then, or you make a day of it. I mean, I don't know. I actually want to look something up right now because uh, I'm visiting for Oppenheimer, and I'm curious when do you, or do you know when the Doll's House closes? I probably before then, 
right? Oh, I have no, I haven't even been keeping tabs on any of that. Oh, it closed on June 10th, so it will be a ton way before I'm there. Uh, the reason I brought it up is I saw, literally right before this, um, the new Nicole Holofs, I can never pronounce her name, the You Hurt My Feelings movie with Julie Louis-Dreyfus that just came out. And it has mm-hmm. Stewie from Succession in it, who is also in Doll's House. And I realized while watching it, I was like, oh yeah, this is like an actor I really like, not just because he's Stewie from Succession, he just has a very nice presence. And I know he's in a mm-hmm. Doll's House as, um, I think he's Torvald. Which I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that would be really good to see him and Jessica just stay and do that role. Fun, mm-hmm. fun pairing. I like that guy. I like adults. I say that now, and now he's gonna probably like, get canceled just because I mentioned that always, that's always what happens when I say <laughs> like that. Put your curse on him. <laughs> Please don't yeah, curse don't... Stewie from Succession. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> Please wait till the end of the Doll's House, <laughs> so Danny can see the like the. It will cinema. be. I don't think they're gonna extend it a month and a half. I think Jessica Chastain probably has stuff to do. Well, should we call it on Fetch with Rough Ruffman? Yeah, Fetch. With rough, rough men. What would you give it? Well, here at Looking for the Ocean, which is the name of our podcast, we have to pretend we, we have like the, someone who just watched the Defunct Land and search Fetch with Rough Ruffman on uh, Spotify yeah. to watch listen to this. I mean, they really might. I actually I haven't like checked on. Let me check really quick. What's the Spotify Fetch with Rough Ruffman presence? Because it's got to be like not a whole podcast dedicated to it, but there might be a few episodes. I'm here always so surprised that like there aren't more podcasts that are like recap podcasts of like old cartoons. I remember, like, looking to see if there was, like, a Lilo and Stitch recap podcast, and there isn't. Or, like, I remember me and Caleb, we once had, we have a pilot somewhere out in the world, maybe it's on his computer, maybe it's just deleted, where we did a pilot of, like, the Sonic Underground TV show, where it was, the joke was going to be, like, we seriously, like, analyze it. <laughs> but my point is, I'm always surprised there aren't more, like, recap podcasts um, and stuff like that. Sorry. Uh, so I looked up Fetch with Rough Ruffman on Spotify, and I looked under pl- their playlist listing, and I was right. They don't have a show dedicated to it, but it's always, like, an episode of a PBS Kids Watch show or something like that. <laughs> and then one of the results further down is... Th- I don't know what the this podcast is, but the title of the episode is Foot Fetish, and then the, the description is curious about foot fetish. Do you have one? What is it about? Where did it start? <laughs> Let me share from some from insight. And that's the end of it. <laughs> did they watch the show? I'm like, ooh. Fat rough rough <laughs> I don't know. That sounds kind of AI generated. Yeah, I feel like it it's was... like fetch fetish, maybe typo. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think I think so. I was just amused by the AI. The one, the one thing I wanted to mention, which does tie back to Fetch with Ruff Ruff, and before we spiel, that will make more sense now that we'll actually end on Fetch, is I was looking at the wiki page for the episodes, and I think about... And I also bring this up because we were talking very briefly at the beginning. Kappa Mikey was on Nicktoons Network, which would always play repeats of Avatar The Last Airbender. And I think it's really interesting to look at Fetch with Ruff Ruffman as like PBS kind of experimenting with long-form storytelling in a way. Because, you know, like, they, it would air this show, like, daily, new episodes daily for, like, a month, and then it'd be done. But then, you know, they'd play repeats or be like, oh, yeah, this is what happened on last episode. And it'd be, I think it's interesting, you know? It's the same thing with, like, Avatar Last Airbender, you know, when it started airing, you, you know, you play an episode on in the afternoon, and it's, like, it's previously on Avatar, but it's not the episode we necessarily just played. It's just really interesting yeah. to see, like, these children's programming, specifically this, because it's PBS, also, you like, yeah, this is what the show is. You missed. You're not going to be able to binge this because that's has not been invented as a concept yet. With Fetch, I think it's interesting because it pulls me in, kind of like watching reruns of Star Trek. I'm kind of curious about the rest of the world because of like, like, oh, this everything was different before we lost Tasha, and it's like, what does that mean? 
But it's weird imagining that happening with Avatar. I watched all of Avatar in like one sitting, and I can't imagine watching that show another way. It would. Do you be know how that maddening. show aired the final season? Because I remember. So when I got into After the Last Airbender, um, it was because my aunt recorded for me the Kids' Choice Awards, where right before they aired the second to last episode of season two. Um, not the Guru episode, because the Guru episode was part of... They aired that as one episode, like, the actual second. So, the third to last episode, where, like, they reveal, like, the conspiracy to the Earth King. And I was like, holy shit, this show's... I, I didn't watch that show, because I remembered seeing an ad in the first season for the episode where Aang, like, hides the map from Sokka and Katara to their dad. And the commercial was, like, Sokka was like, you took the map from us? Now we're never going to get to the North Pole. And my brain immediately was like, well, that show is just about kids trying to, like, meet Santa. That's stupid. And, like, I just never watched it until... But then, you know, I watched that, and after that, you know, uh, soon after that, we got Nickelodeon and Cable, so I was able to catch up on the show for the most part um, before the third season. And it was, like, such a long wait for the third season. If I remember right, it was, like... A solid, like, I think they aired the season two finale in December of the previous year, and the season three was, like, in September of the following year. But then they aired, like, up until the day of Black Sun, like, weekly episodes, which is, like, by far the worst one on that show, I'd say, because it's very episodic compared to, like, the rest of, like, you know, the end of season two is very much, like, every episode leads into the next perfectly, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then season three takes a bit of a slower beginning. But anyway, so we watched all that, and then they took a break. From, I believe, November of that year. Um, yeah, I think Dave Blackstone had aired like beginning of November and they took a break until the following July where they aired the remainder of the show over the course of five days. <laughs> like the remaining t- 10 episodes over mm-hmm. five days, which is insane. And it was the five days they aired it was the w- week we were going to Cedar Point for vacation. So I couldn't even watch this. Like, I remember I watched the finale of the show before I watched the back half of the season. Because we got home in time for the finale, but we missed everything before it. But yeah. I feel like it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, and it kept going on even like in, well into like the mid-2010s with I know like um, Gravity Falls like had issues too where it's like these networks for children did not know how to air like this long form storytelling stuff at all. It depends. Um, yeah, the like, Fetch with Ruff Ruffman. Here, a lot of the reviewers like to give films things. Maybe they give them a star review or a number review, something like that. We here at Looking for the Ocean like to give the film a physical object, like a present, or something else. Maybe it could be some nice words or an experience or what have you. So, Danny, I have one. Now, I wanna. I really enjoyed Fetch with Ruff Ruffman, and I enjoyed this episode, even though I thought that it was kind of cursed. So I want to give it something that looks very enjoyable, but is also kind of cursed. And you mentioned food earlier in the episode. I don't know how to, like, tie this back into that. I just kind of want this on record in, like, an audio format as well. This thing that I saw today that looked good and was kind of cursed. And it was a sandwich that I saw being made at a deli, which was a roll. And the patty was three mozzarella sticks. And then they made an American cheese omelet. And then they cut the omelet in half, and then they put it on the top and the bottom of the mozzarella sticks, and then they put that on the roll, and that was the sandwich that this guy ordered. So I want to give this episode that, because it looks really cool, but is also kind of weird. I'm going to give this episode a special slot on Disney+, Plus where you can just click Petra Ruffman, and it's like, 
one episode, someone would just click it and be confused why this episode is included. Much like <laughs> listeners of this podcast will be confused when the title of this episode appears in their feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what do we do next time? Not watching Fatal Attraction, that's for sure. Uh, Why not? I don't have a, that sounds good. Uh, well, I, that was this very dumb tangent I had as a potential that I'll just say very quickly where... I tried to watch Fatal Attraction earlier today and I fell asleep, which is pretty crazy considering I got like 12 hours of sleep last night and I just immediately fell asleep after I ate breakfast again. Maybe you have my sickness. If anyone clicks around these episodes randomly, you are more than likely to listen to an episode where I'm sick. Anyway. Uh, the next episode of Looking for the Ocean, a Pixar journey, is another detour. Which, by the way, this episode is a detour. <laughs> oh yeah, this is a detour. <laughs> Woo! And next week is another detour. We're going to be talking about Rio. How is this relevant to Pixar? Well, longtime listeners will know that once I brought up the, the canceled Pixar movie, Newt, which is the only Pixar movie to be canceled that we know about, it was canceled primarily because the film Rio has the exact same plot as was announced for Newt. So we're going to Wait, do this. Is that what? the only reason we're watching Rio? Yes. I don't want to watch Rio. What? Let's 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 do the let's not watch Rio. I'm telling you, man. I watched the first ten minutes. I don't want to watch Rio unless we like. Fine, we can fix everything. Then I will not watch Rio. Then I guess whatever. Fuck I, you. You can watch Rio. We can even like talk about Rio in passing at like the beginning of whatever the next episode is. I'm just like. Did you like my Roman Roy impression there? I feel like I very much nailed the uh the fuck you. Is it, <laughs> was that a Roman Roy impression? <laughs> yeah, it was like fine. We won't watch Rio. Fuck you. <laughs> That's very much what Roman Roy would say in reaction to being told last minute. I don't want to talk about Rio by uh. Let's say let's say Jerry just said that to him. You can be Jerry. Okay. I don't it's weird. It's weird if I'm Jerry and you're Roman. Well Okay, I see you editing the but document. See, but see the thing is, Mark, if you're Jerry, I guess I can be Jerry and you can be Tom. Uh <laughs> bad joke. Alright, I guess we're gonna talk about some more Mater shorts next week, along with La Luna. I didn't I really thought there was some connection other than the story. No, there is no connection other than that. But alright, we're gonna talk about Mater's tall tales. We've got Six, seven, eight. We have four shorts of Mater to talk about, and then La Luna, which is attached to... Actually, it's not attached to Cars 2. It was attached to... Wait, when was La Luna attached to? Oh, no, it's attached to Brave, but it premiered way early. That was the thing. It premiered super... It premiered before Cars 2 at a festival. All right! Looking for the Ocean is produced by me, Mark Young, and also Danny Vincent. Show is edited by Mark Young. Original artwork was designed by Sarkinoff. You can follow us on social media at Facebook at Looking for the Ocean, Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and Twitter at Pixar Journey. And on our website, lookingfortheoceanpixar.podbean.com. You can follow me on markyoungperformer.com. It also has my socials. And I'm doing a show right now. I'm going to be in a production of Pericles. And coming up soon, that's the Shakespeare play. And, the, you know, I'll post about that on my socials. You can follow me, Danny, on Letterboxd at Blankman's, where, unlike this podcast, my review of Spider-Verse Across the Spider-Verse is not embargoed. If you want to know my thought on that film before we eventually cover it in, like, a year or two. You can also listen to my other podcast, The Snub Club, where we talk about the movies that have the most Oscar nominations, but no wins. We will see you next time. See you next time.